Amen. Well, the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof, the world and all that, that dwell therein. Lift up your heads, O ye gates, and the King of glory shall come in. Who is this King of glory? The Lord strong and mighty, the Lord mighty in battle. He is the King. Truly, we count it a privilege and an honor. Thank you, sir. Uh, to be in the house of the Lord one more time. And we realize if it had not been for his grace and his mercy, uh, we would not be here today. I give honor to God, the creator of this world, Jesus, the savior of the world, and to the Holy Spirit who seals us until the day of redemption. I greet you in the only name that matters. Amen. That's the name of Jesus. Jesus the Christ. So Pastor Tom, thank you so very much for this invitation. Uh, uh, Pastor Tom uh, is a great basketball player, amen. <laughs> and they allow me to come run up and down the court sometimes, but I'm, I'm going to get back. I haven't been in a while, but I, I, I will come back and uh, attempt to uh, do the best that I can, amen. Amen. I'm glad. I am thankful for this relationship. I'm thankful for this moment. Um, that at a time in, in our world um, where race is playing so many different parts that the church can be the example to the world. Amen. Yeah. Amen. That we may worship in different locations and maybe different styles and formats, but we serve the same God. And he has a son named Jesus, amen, who sent the Holy Ghost to dwell among us while he went back to be at the right hand of the Father. Um, so I greet you today. Um, I am the proud pastor of the Mount Zion Baptist Church on the south side of Madison, and I am thankful, amen, to be here. Some of my members are here, amen. They, they have to go back to the 1045 service, amen, <laughs> if they came over here. At eight. <laughs> but I am thankful, I am thankful for my Zion. I, I've been in the city for about two and a half years now. And I'm grateful for what God has done and what he continues to do in the life and the ministry of Mount Zion Baptist Church. Let us pray. God, we thank you and we love you. We bless you and we honor your name. Um, thank you for this day and this time that you have given us to come together to share in your word. I pray now, God, that you would increase and I would decrease, that your voice would be heard and someone at the end of this message would not say what a great preacher, but they would testify what a great God. So God bless us now. Let us hear you clearly. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Now, uh, from the place where I am able to stand and preach the gospel of Jesus Christ, um, it's all right for you to talk back to me. Okay? You say, preach, preacher. I'm cool. I, I just keep going. I won't be interrupted. You won't throw me off. You can talk back to me. You can raise your hand, say, yes, sir, preach, preacher. Uh, and that, that, that will help me. Amen. That would encourage me. Encourage me um, to preach. So uh, that, that is fine with me. Uh, Pastor Tom also informed me that you all was coming out for your Intimacy with God, Intimacy with God conference. Uh, what a time, amen, uh, to come and to be uh, connected to God in, on a such intimate level. Uh, and what a great privilege that we have a God that wants to be intimate with his creation. We have this big God who created the heavens and the earth, this God who made man from the dust of the earth, breathed breath of life into him, put him to sleep, took a rib, made woman, 
And now this great big God said, I want to be intimate with you. And when he told me that this is what you all would be doing on this week, I, I tried to find something that would fit the moment. And I discovered the life of Samson. And then in the life of Samson, Samson allowed sin to interrupt his intimacy with God. So today I want to talk about some things about the life of Samson and just look at how he, he allows sin to separate him from God. But, the, but at the end of the story, we see God reconnecting, and we call that God's amazing grace. So in Judges chapter 16, and I will, just, I will only read verses 21 and 22. Judges chapter 16, uh, verses 21 and 22. You can read the rest when you get home. Amen. Uh, um, and uh, we, we would read from there. Judges chapter 16, and I will read verses 21 and 22. Amen. And the, that's, that's what I'm talking about. I like that. <laughs> If you're able to stand, stand in reverence to the reading of God's word, if that's the custom of the house, amen. Amen. Judges chapter 16, starting at verse 21. And the Bible reads, Then the Philistines took him and put out his eyes and brought him down to Gaza. They bound him with bronze fetters, and he became a grinder in the prison. However, somebody say, however. The hair of his head began to grow again after it had been shaven. I want to preach from the topic today, I messed up. You may be seated. I I messed up. The story of Samson is somewhat different from most biblical stories. Samson is not your model Christian. His story does not have a bad beginning with a good ending. It does not start off with once upon a time or end with a happier ever after. Samson's story starts out grand and great, but it ends with defeat, doom, and even death. Samson shows us that we will all not have the same Christian story. We all will be caught up in the end when Christ cracks the sky and receives us back to himself. But the way we get there may be a little different. Um, So don't judge me because my conversation or my conversion was not like yours. Don't despise or look down on me because I don't live up to the standards in which you may have set for me. Because if God is pleased with my praise in my service, that is all that matters. You see, God, he knew me when he made me. He knew me when he called me. He knew my mistakes, my downfalls. He knew my bad behaviors. He knew my crazy attitude. And when he saved me, he did not take me out of me. Amen. But he put his spirit inside of me to deal with my crazy self. So, so God, he, he did not want me to stop being me, but he gave me his spirit to make me a better me. And for this reason, God, he can use anybody because he does not remove my past. He just replaced my passions. He does not remove my scars. He just uses them to enhance my story. He does not eliminate my character. He just improves me by giving me Christ-like ways. 
And so in the text today, my brothers and sisters, we notice that God uses a person with an uncommon personality for someone who had the spirit of the Lord. Samson is a different character. His desires and passions means more to him than doing the will of God. He is not driven by his purpose of being the deliverer of the Israelites from the hands of the Philistines. He does whatever makes him feel good. But we can still find Samson's name listed in the Hall of Fame of Heroes in Hebrews chapter 11. And in this 16th chapter, Samson, he's in prison, he's chained, and he's forced to grind wheat. His strength is gone, and his eyes have been plucked out. The Philistines' paper read, the Israelite hero has fallen. We have captured Samson, the superhuman, and he is now under our control. Samson here is slumped over in defeat. His face is full of disappointment. He now has to suffer at the hands of his enemies that he used to defeat so effortlessly. But now his strength, it is all gone. He is sitting in prison wondering to himself, how did I get here? Maybe even thinking to himself, I messed up. Have you ever been there before? If you've done something wrong and you knew you could have avoided it, but you decide to proceed with the wrong deed, and afterwards you thought to yourself, I messed up. Have you ever said something that you knew would hurt someone else's feelings? You didn't care. You knew it would be hidden below the belt. But when you got along, you realized to yourself, I messed up. Have you ever committed a sin, thought you got away with it? However, someone saw you and confronted you about it. You couldn't lie about it. You couldn't blame it on anyone else. There was no way around it, no way out of the sin. It fell on you. And all you could say was, I'm glad I have some witnesses in the house. (laughs) This is how Samson feels in the text today. Once a great warrior called to defeat the Philistines, but now he is locked in prison feeling like a failure. In Judges chapter 13, it starts off with with how God sends an angel to Samson's mother and tell her that she would have a child that would deliver them. She is barren, which means she had been trying to have children, but she was unable to. And the barren womb is often a starting place in the purposes of God. He calls life out of death. And he uses the things that are not to confound the things that are. In fact, Samson is one of few in Scripture whose birth was divinely pronounced to his parents. He shares this honor with Isaac, John the Baptist, and Jesus himself. Samson's name means sunshine, and he is born to remove the darkness Israel was facing. And the angel tells them that he shall be a Nazarite. And he shall begin to deliver Israel out of the hands of the Philistines. And according to Numbers chapter 6, a Nazarite was someone who decided to devote their lives to the Lord. No wine, no grapes, no raisins, no contact with the dead, and they should never cut their hair. And all the days of his life shall be holy and devoted unto the Lord. Samson makes a grand entrance into the world. 
And you would think that someone born so great will have a life worthy for everyone to emulate. However, Samson lives a reckless and carefree life centered only on himself. His life is full of bad choices. Samson, he gains notoriety because of his unusual strength. The Philistines fear him, but they realize that Samson had a kryptonite. He could not resist the power of a Philistine woman. I wish I had a witness somewhere. Because every time we read in the Bible of Samson fighting, it was not because he was attempting to deliver Israel, but it was because of a woman. And as much as I want to look at Samson as a disappointment, as someone who lived a wasted life with so much potential, as much as I wanted to talk about him and disqualify Samson as a faith hero, God, he convicted me and told me that Samson's biggest enemy was something I deal with myself. It's not the Philistines, it's not the women, it's not Delilah, but his biggest enemy was sin. And if you, you did not know, we all will have our battles with sin. Sin is ruthless and brutal, not caring who or what it hurts. Sin is what separates us from God and leads us down the road to damnation. Samson has won many battles against man, but he is losing the battle against sin. Sin is what defeated Samson. So the question this morning just might be, how did sin defeat Samson? I'm glad that you asked. Sin defeats Samson because he was self-centered. He hooks up with Delilah, and she is persuaded to find Samson's greatest weakness. She's offered 1,100 pieces of silver from each lord of the Philistines. And this must have been a great amount of money because Judas betrayed Jesus for only 30 pieces of silver. Samson is only concerned about himself. He disregards his purpose in life and only attempts to please his fleshly desires. His purpose was to defeat the Philistines, but every night he's lying in bed with one. Samson was self-centered and his life was all about him. Matter of fact, my brothers and sisters, uh, in the middle, uh, there is a letter in the middle of sin that has destroyed a lot of people's lives. That letter is I. I, I. Whenever I becomes bigger than God, destruction is always on the way. There was, there was a story about a frog. This frog, he, he loved to see the birds fly. And this frog said, I want to learn how to fly like those birds. I want to fly south just like those birds. One day, he came up with a plan. He says, well, uh, birds, can you help me out? One bird, you get on the end of a stick. The other bird, you get on the other end of the stick. And I will bite down on the middle of the stick, and I'll be able to fly just like the birds. And as the birds are flying, the frog is with the birds. Someone looked up in amazement and said, wow, look, there is a flying frog. And when they saw the flying frog, uh, they asked the question, I wonder who came up with that idea. The frog said, I. Whenever I get involved in whatever God is doing, destruction is always on the way. 
Whenever I become bigger than the power of God, destruction is on the way. Whenever I become greater than the one who's supplying the needs, destruction is on the way. And this was Samson. He had no power to do the great things in which God was allowing him to do because every battle he is getting in, the Bible says, the spirit of the Lord was upon him. It was not Samson. It was God, but when I got involved, destruction was on the way. Sin defeats him because he's self-centered, but then sin defeats him because he lost his sense of reality. He lost his sense of reality. When we look at this narrative, we must look at Delilah as sin. Sin is relentless and persistent to find our greatest weakness when we have an assignment on our life. God, well, uh, he, he gives us what we need, but we must know that, that Delilah, she was looking for his greatest witness, uh, a weakness. And I know, I know when people look at this text, we must think that Delilah, she must have had it going on. She had to be cute. Amen. She had to be a pretty woman that, 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 that this, this, this strong man would bow down to her. But I looked at this as Delilah as sin and, and Samson had become a slave to sin. Three times Samson lied about his weakness and each time the Philistines mysteriously showed up to attack him. He says, bound me with fresh bowstrings, bind me securely with new ropes that have never been used. And if you weave seven lots of my head into a web of the loom, I will be weak. But each time Samson lied and when the enemy came to capture him, the Bible says he shook himself loose. He is a slave because he's unable to escape the control of this woman. And many of you may wonder like me, why would he stay with her when every time he told her a secret, the Philistines will come and try to do what he told her in private. It's because he had, become, he had been sinning for so long that it felt like he was doing the right thing. My God, he had been sinning for so long, it felt like he was doing the right thing. Samson begins to believe that what he was doing was all right. And when you get to a point with sinning and it feels better than doing the will of God, you are in a bad place. When, when you get to a point where you are able to commit sins and you don't feel any shame or guilt about doing it, you're in a bad place. When, when you get to a point where you are focused on pleasing you more than you are focused on pleasing God, you're in a bad place. You're interrupting the intimacy in which you have with God because you're only focused on pleasing you. Sin defeats him because he is self-centered. Sin defeats him because he lost his sense of reality. And finally, sin defeats him because it separated him from God. It separated him from God. He uh, is pressed and pestered daily by Delilah and the Bible suggests that he gave her his heart. And that's what the enemy wants most from us. He wants our heart. 
And if he can control our mind, if he control our passion and our desires, he can control our behavior. That's why David said, your word have I hidden in my heart that I may not sin against you. If you want to win this battle with sin, you have to know the word of God. That, that, that's why the psalmist said, I meditate on your word both day and night. And because of my meditation, I'll be like a tree planted by the rivers of water. And I may bend to the deception of sin, but thank God I won't break because I am receiving the nourishment of the word of God every day. It's the word of God that gives us strength. When sin comes into our lives, Jesus is in the wilderness. And while he's in the wilderness, Satan comes after 40 days of fasting. And after he can finish his fast, then Satan comes and tempts him. But every time Satan came with a temptation, Jesus said, it is written. My brothers and sisters, Jesus proves to us whenever temptation comes in our lives, we better have a scripture to hold us fast unto what God wants us to do. So when you weak, you need to testify. When I am weak, then I am stronger. When you are lost, you need to know that no matter what happens in your life, the Lord promised I'll never leave you, nor would I forsake you. I'll be with you even to the ends of this age. When you don't know which way to turn to, you need to know that I can do all things through Christ that strengthens me. Finally, he, he gave her his heart, and that separated him emotionally from God. He told her of his strength, which was in his hair, and that separated him spiritually from God. His hair allowed people to know that he was set aside for the purpose to be holy and devoted unto the Lord. His hair was his connection with God, but after the shaving of his head, it separated him from God. He was separated from God. And my brothers and sisters, the bad part about it, he didn't know it. I'm going to say that again. He was separated from God. And the bad part about the whole situation is he did not know that he was separated. The Bible says he awoke from his sleep and said, I will go out as before at other times and shake myself free. But he did not know that the Lord had departed from him. And whenever God is not with us, sin will always win. Sin is that thing that separates us from God. It's that thing that's hurting us more than helping us. Sin continues to pull us away from God and never pushes us towards God. Sin drains of us of our strength and it depletes us of our energy. Sin, it looks good, it tastes good, it feels good, but it's not good for us. Samson is defeated by sin and he suffers the consequences of sin. Sin, as the old Baptist preacher would say, it'll take you farther than you want to go. It'll keep you longer than you want to stay. It'll cost you more than you want to pay. Sin, here we see sin will make you live in darkness. They plucked out his eyes. Sin will keep you in bondage. They bound him with chains and put him in prison. Sin will cause you more pain than enjoyment. 
They put him in prison and made him be a grinder of wheat. And I wondered how could Samson have the spirit of the Lord and still sin so freely? How could someone be so physically strong but so spiritually weak? The answer is Samson depended on him and not what was in him. I thought I was in the Holy Ghost church. He depended on him and not what was inside of him. You see, Samson was like, um, he was like the lady who, who bought a, a brand new refrigerator and, and, and then she transferred her food from the old one to the new refrigerator. But a few days later, she noticed that all of her food was spoiled. She's mad. She's upset. She calls the company who made the refrigerator and, and say, hey, this refrigerator do not work. And, and they begin to troubleshoot. And the first question they ask, hey, when you open the door, do the light come on? She, 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 said, she said, no, the light does not come on. She said, well, go behind the refrigerator. There is a black cord with two prongs on the end of it. What you have to do, you have to plug it into the wall in order for it to receive power to function like it's supposed to. Pastor Tom, it looked like a refrigerator. It held food like a refrigerator, but it could not function like one because it did not have the power to do what it was designed to do. And many people, many Christians look like Christians, show up in church like Christians, but because they have not activated the power of the Holy Ghost, they cannot function like God has created them to be. Here it is. Samson is self-centered. Life was all about him. Samson loses his sense of reality. God had delivered him so many times, he expected God to continually uh, be there for him even while he lived in sin. Samson has separated himself from God emotionally and spiritually. Therefore, he is in prison, blind, bound, and beating wheat, thinking to himself, I messed up. And even though sin had defeated Samson, I thank God for verse 22. However, the hair on his head began to grow again. Okay, I see. Y'all don't know when to shout. Let me have Texas. However, the hair on his head began to grow again. Okay, okay, let me help you. Let me help you. Let me let you know why you shouting. Okay, here it is. This, this word, however, is used to introduce a statement that contrasts with or seems to contradict something that had been said previously. Oh, let me say that one more time. This word, however, is used to introduce a statement that con contrasts with or seems to contradict something that had been said previously. During Samson's whole life, there is nothing good to say about Samson. He makes one bad decision after another. He does not live a life of one who has the spirit of God. He is captured. He is defeated. But verse 22 shows up. It contradicts everything that was said previously about Samson. The Bible says his hair begins to grow back, which means God was given Samson another chance. 
I wish I had some help in here. That's a reason to shout right there. His hair growing back was God's way of saying, Samson, I'm still with you. And how many of you know that you can thank God not for a, a, another chance, not, but we can thank him for chance after chance that he didn't give you a second chance, uh, but he gave you chances over and over again. I can thank God that I didn't get it right the first time. I messed up over and over again. I allowed sin to rule my life, but thank God for however. God, 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 let me live. And since I have breath in my body, it means that God, he's given me another chance. Can you see it, my brothers and sisters? Can you picture Samson going round and round his prison cell and suddenly he feels the top of his head with complete shock and delight. He becomes aware that his hair is growing again. He begins to feel stronger. The load seems lighter and though he may never see a Again, uh, his hair grows again. Uh, his strength returns to him. His power comes back to him. He will never be the Samson that he once was, but he still can be used by God. Uh, is there anybody that can thank God that I may not be who I used to be? I've made some mistakes. Uh, I've gone down some wrong roads, uh, but God, he still wants to use me. Let me tell you, his hair grows back is a picture of God's amazing grace. Y'all know the song, Amazing Grace, how sweet the sound. I once was lost, but now I'm found. Blind, but now I can see. It was God's grace. This is what God's grace is. God, he's so powerful. He's so divine. He, he, he is so sovereign that God, he does not need us, but he loves us so much, he cannot reject us. That was a good shouting point right there. Samson hair grows back. He's called upon then to come and amuse the leaders of the Philistines. But he positioned himself in the right place. He, and God still uses him uh, for what he, uh, he was predestined to do, and that was to destroy the Philistines. He pushes the pillars down. He kills over 4,000 Philistines. However, this was not any Philistines. This was the leaders of the whole entire country. Samson shows us that when we are weak, God, he will still be with us. When we are weak, God, he will make us strong. This is why, that is why Samson's name, it ends up in the Hall of Fame of Faith in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 34, where it says, out of weakness, we're made strong because of faith. And whenever sin defeated someone in the Old Testament, a blood sacrifice was required. Some would even say that Samson committed suicide. But I say Samson was a sacrifice because he died that somebody else might live. That was a good shouting point right there. But as I close this little sermon that I have, I want to encourage someone today and inform you that sin has defeated some of the greatest people in the Bible. Sin defeated Adam in the Garden of Eden. Sin defeated Abraham when he lied and said that his, sister, his wife was his sister. Sin defeated Moses when he, was mur when he murdered a man and then tried to cover it up. Sin defeated David when he slept with another man's wife and then had him murdered on the front lines. 
But there is another man that sin couldn't touch. I'm finished. There's another man that sin could not handle. But Jesus said he became sin for us when he went to the cross on the old hill, old rugged cross on the hill called Calvary. While he was on the, up there on that cross, sin thought he had Jesus. Sin, sin he, he, he looked around and he said, death, can you get Jesus? Death said, oh yeah, I got Jesus. Jesus dies on the cross on a Friday. But I'm so glad my brothers and sisters went sin, the, the, in death, they went to the grave and said, grave, can you hold Jesus? Grave said, oh yes, I can hold Jesus. I got Abraham. Y'all don't mind me talking like this, do you? I, I got Isaac. I, I, I have Jacob. I, I can hold Jesus. I, I have Moses. I, I, I have uh, all of the old prophets of old, the minor and the major prophets. I can hold Jesus. So, so that Friday night, Jesus went in the tomb. Grave had it going on. Saturday night, sin went back to the grave and said, Grave, do you still have Jesus? Said, oh, yeah, I got Abraham. I got Isaac and I have Jacob. I, I got Jeremiah and Elijah and I still got Jesus. But early, early Sunday morning, Jesus got up out of that grave with all power in his hand. Looked back at the grave and said, Grave, where is thy victory? Death. Where is thy sting? Is there anybody that can thank God that Jesus got up for the sake of humanity? He got out the grave because of sin that would defeat us. He was resurrected because sin tried to take us out. But thank God for the blood of Jesus that sin can't hold me. Sin can't destroy me because Jesus got out the grave. God bless you. I'm I messed up. I've messed up. I've done some wrong things. I've been some places I was not supposed to be in. Seen some people I wasn't supposed to see. And I've done some things I wasn't supposed to do. But thank God for his amazing grace. And God's grace is not limited. There's no boundaries for his grace. Whatever you have done, God, he still accepts you back. Maybe someone here today, you may wonder, do God still loves me? You may are wondering, can I still be intimate with God? Can I tell you today, yes. We can break relationships between each other. Sometimes we do things that cause marriages to fail, friendships to fall. But even in our sin, we have a God that accepts us back. No matter the shame, no matter the guilt, No matter what we have done, God, he still loves us. So it may be someone here today. I want you to come to the. 
You may say, hey, I may have done some things wrong before. I may have been in the wrong places, but I need to experience God's love again. He loves you. He cares about you. He desires you. And as I stated before, how wonderful it is for a God to want to connect with his creation. Now, I have an iPhone, and I'm pretty sure I cannot go to the owner of this iPhone and say, hey, I need to talk to you about this iPhone. I can't talk to the creator of the iPhone because he just want a profit. Help me, Jesus. He don't care the problems that I have with the phone. They'll fix it, but they really don't care because they only focus on the profit. But we serve a God that's the CEO that want to work with lower level. He wants to be intimate with us. So I pray. Lord, help us today. Help us to look to the hills from which cometh our help, knowing that our help comes from you. We're leaning and dependent on you, God. And God, we want to be intimate with you. Sin has attacked us, but it cannot win. Because of the cross of Jesus Christ. Lord, you paid it all on a hill called Calvary. You gave us your very, your very best. You will not let us fall. You will not let us fail. But you will be with us always. So God, I pray for your people here in this sanctuary on today. That you, God, will free us from the guilt and the shame you will free us, God, from, from anything that hinders us from being closer to you. But God, I want you to first work on us. Remove the eye that we may focus on him. We love you and we thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, put your hands together. Give God a hand clap and praise. <laughs>